Hailing from the heartland of America, atop the high bluffs of Western Iowa, comes the voice of the church. God himself blew on history so that there would be a light. A timely message, convicting words, burning with passion for righteousness and justice again. Why don't you believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community, that we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're gonna answer for them. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth not shall be damned. So what do you really believe? People that believe in Jesus Christ, that He was buried, that He was resurrected on the third day, that He's coming again, and that men will answer for every idle word and every wrong deed, that there is justice beyond the grave. That is the statement that is made when you see a church and a steeple and a cross in a community and in a nation. And God cares about this building, and He cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And He wants them to be filled with people that have some passion, that understand what it means to be a Christian, that aren't slobs drooling with all of their candy and their chocolate and their soda and their entertainment, wanting to hear a preacher to tell them that they're just fine the way that they are, and they don't need to change, and they don't need to worry about repentance. They don't need to get the sin out of their life. Those are not good preachers. And those are not legitimate churches and their buildings become an aggravation and a mocking point. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth. Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. The first thing Adam and Eve had happen when they fell from grace was they became self-aware. Can you say self-aware? Selfishness. Now you've heard a phrase your entire life. I could prove it out. I won't have time in this particular sermon this morning, but you've heard that the love of money is the root of all evil. This is how I explained it to my children. What does a root do? A root. If you're from the South, a root. If you're from Iowa, a root. What does a root do? What is the purpose of a root? It brings life and strength to something on the other end of it. Listen to me. The love of money is the root of the beast of evil, but the root is just there to bring nourishment to the evil. Did you hear what I just said? I want you to know what the dark water is. Listen to me. The love of money is just a root. It's a pathway to nourish evil. What 
feeds evil. What is the root of evil reaching for? It is reaching for selfishness. Go read the history of the French Enlightenment. Individual rights. Really. Anything that emphasizes self at the expense of the common good is always the very drink of evil. It is the strength of all that destroys. And you have two natures working in you. Which one are you yielding to? You know, it was not good, the Bible says, it was not good that man should be, some people misread that, it's not good that man should be alone and think, well, look, God made his first mistake, he made everything and he went, oh, you know what, I just did something that's not good. I guess I need to correct myself. But that's not at all what the Scriptures are saying. It is only showing us the process of the beauty of creation and allowing us to understand the rationale of why God kept moving toward His goal and by telling us that it, I would say it like this, it would not have been good had Adam been left alone. That is another way that it could have said it. Just for your sake to understand this mysterious principle of the church. Behold, I speak a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. And so to flag a principle that you would not miss in the story, God's not saying, well, I really screwed up and then I had to make even. That's not true at all. He's saying, as I was in the process, here's the rationale for why I did not leave Adam alone. Because being alone is not good. Do you understand that? And so God says in the beginning, it it was not good that man be alone. Why? Why not? Well, it couldn't be. It couldn't have been good for there to be one man because the foundation of the universe came from a three. Father, Son, and Spirit, the Trinity, created every... There's never been a one. Never, never, never. Until Lucifer, the one, me, I, I, I will ascend to the heights of heaven, and I will do this, and I will do that. I, 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 it's Satan. The universe was made by three persons, And they wanted to make a creation in their image and after their likeness, and so it would not have made sense to make one. And so the goal was not even two. The goal was three. Three is what? Three is the foundation of something adequate for something greater and preferential. So in order to have three, God made a two an Eve, and then they had creative power to make a third. But three is only adequate for a beginning. And they went far beyond three because they were made in the image and likeness of their God. God was a three and he said to himself, 
Three is adequate for something glorious, but it's not sufficient. There has to be more. So he made a one and a two that could make a three as the foundation of something that's adequate, knowing there must be more. You hear me? You were designed, you require other people. You require other people. The source of creative power was programmed into the natural world between a man and his wife, the two that could make a three and could make a four and a five and a six and an eight and a ten. And multiplication comes starting with three in the supernatural world. The parallel, the mystery that's being revealed to you this morning as we move along here is that you are called to produce, you could say reproduce, reproduction. You are called to produce in the natural children. That's all a part of your covenant in the New Testament. A husband and wife are called to produce children. And one child is a good start, but it's not enough. And the angel said, amen. If you're watching this on DVD, we've had thunder and rain because God is talking this morning. But when you've entered into the family of God, say family of God, you are commanded to what? Same thing, produce fruit that remains. Let me ask you a simple question. I want you to understand this is not pie in the sky. This is the accurate doctrine of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is extra ecclesium nulla salis. Listen to me. Can a man have a baby without a woman? Can a woman have a baby without a man? It is an impossibility. Listen carefully. There is no such thing as spiritual reproduction outside the church. You will not and cannot legitimately bring another human being to Christ without the reproductive power of grace that only and exclusively flows through the established church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Extra ecclesium nulla salus. The grace in your life comes from Jesus. The church is not the one that saved you. The church didn't die on the cross, but the church is the channel through which the saving power of Jesus Christ by his decision has been created to flow his great mercy, his extraordinary amazing grace through when you're sitting in the pew on Sunday and you partake of an invisible thing called grace. It's the strength to reproduce. It's the strength to do and to build and to establish the kingdom. You cannot have it outside of the local church because you can't connect with the universal church of Jesus Christ without the way he has made for you to connect with it through the local assembly. Extra ecclesium nulla salus. A man cannot have a baby without connecting horizontally with another human being. And a Christian cannot produce another saved human being without a horizontal connection to the body of Jesus Christ. 
I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Ladies, listen to me because I'm giving you something that you'll get if you'll parallel it with your attitude and your relationship to the local church. I want you to always hear the higher truth of what I'm saying because I want you to hear the absurdity to recognize the cavalier flippant attitude that is destroying otherwise vibrant Christians that would do great feats for God. What if your husband said to you, you know, Molly, when we first got married, I was so excited. Your body was woo. And I still love you the same. I love you with all my heart, Molly, but it's just that I just don't get the same feelings now about your body that I did when we first got together. I just don't... <laughs> it's not that I don't love your body, it's just I just don't want to see it. <laughs> Do you hear how dumb that is? I hope so, because if you don't, you're getting a divorce. That is precisely what you are doing when you ignore the mystery of Christ in the church and the next truth of creation. Did you know that the Bible says that I'm speaking of Christ in the church this morning? You can't say, Jesus, I love you. I'm personally saved. I just thank you for my personal salvation. And I just don't like your body. Your body's boring. When I first made a covenant with you to be my Lord, I was real excited about your body, but now I'm just like, ooh. Listen to yourselves. Extra ecclesium nulla salis. There is no relationship, personal or otherwise, while you insult his body. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Our country is no longer in need of a great awakening. America is in need desperately of a resurrection. Now there's a difference between a resurrection and a great awakening. In far too many American churches, the Great Commission has been reduced. The emphasis is on really getting people ready to die. But the church is not here to get people prepared to die so much as we're here to equip people and how to truly live. I've written a new book that talks about this. It's called A Storm, A Message, A Bottle. You can get a copy of the book at beyondthewallsradio.com. God bless you. Welcome back to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ in the church. And then the apostle says this. I'm going to show you. Boy, this is good stuff. Listen to me. You're, you're, you don't even realize it, but you're actually getting grace right now. There is supernatural grace going into you because we're knocking off some things. You see a change in every part of your life with grace. And the angels said amen again. <laughs> Dealing with appetites, 
God sent us a message in creation. Listen to me. You have an appetite for water. If you do not feed that appetite, what happens? You will die. If a living person, this is just You can't get around it, folks. You have to drink water. God said so, and you're going to drink it today just like I've been drinking it. We're all drinking water because God programmed you with an appetite called thirst, and if you don't get water, you'll die. So he set this in motion, and there is a message here. If you do not drink water, you will die. You're living because of the water, which is a mechanism God used to give you life in the first place. Your life came from God, but you don't get to keep it without what? Water. Listen to me. Your salvation came from Jesus Christ, but you will not really have it without his church. Hang on with me. I'm going to keep taking you. You're going to see it. I know some of you are doubting me. You think, I don't know about that. I don't know. But just hang with me here for a minute. He gave you another appetite. There are three appetites in the world. An appetite for food. Somebody say food. He programmed that in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are running around. Why did they screw up the world? Food. What ruined the whole planet? Food. An appetite not disciplined. He gave them an appetite to eat food. If a living being, this is, there's a message here. If a living being does not eat food over time and satisfy that appetite, what happens? you will die. Death is the result of a divine appetite that is not filled and fed. Can you say amen? Another appetite was given to man. It is the appetite for sexual intimacy. It is a desire to reproduce. This one is very unique because it is creative power. It is not the ability to sustain a life already given as the appetite for water and the appetite for food. This appetite is unique because it's creative power to create a life that does not yet exist. The Apostle Paul, speaking of a mystery of Christ and the church, listen to me, married couples. The Bible says explicitly, following this eternal principle of an appetite that it must be fed, you must be nourished or you will die. It says of this behavior, this appetite, a man and a woman must not go more than a legitimate amount of time without feeding their sexual appetite as husband and wife. Because by refusing to feed that God-given appetite for sex, the temptation to fall into sin grows stronger. But by agreement between a husband and wife, for a limited time and season, they can abstain from sexual intercourse where new life is created if they mutually agree together first. If you disobey that principle, you're not killing an existing life Listen carefully, it's a fact of nature. You are not creating a life. It's like getting in a time machine and murdering someone before they were born. Not feeding a divine appetite always results in death. In this case, it results in a life never made. Are you following me? 
And so there is a limited space of time, the Bible says, that a husband and wife should go apart from one another and not come back together in horizontal intimacy. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. And in the creation narrative, on the seventh day, God rested from his labors. Moses, seeing that principle, codified it into law and said this, and this is the rationale for the Sabbath, the day of the Lord. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath to guard it as holy unto the Lord. It's his all day long. Why? If you go for longer than six days without the grace fellowship of creative supernatural power that is only received through the local body of the body of Christ. Temptation increases. You are more likely to fall into the traps of Satan and his snares, and you will be robbed of your future and all of your grace potential and every accomplishment God would have had you accomplish in your lifetime. The longer you go without fulfilling an appetite that is created, that God has already predetermined, is fed in an intimate relationship with the body of Christ no less than once a week, you begin to weaken until you spiritually die. Extra ecclesium nulla salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. There is no access to the grace of Jesus Christ while you tell him you don't want his body. The eye shall not say to the hand, I have no need of thee, lest you be amputated and the limb lay on the ground and rot. There is no life without the blood. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Can you say amen? God is predetermined that we must have each other. Now, I'm going to close this morning, part one of this series, by reading some things to you to help you see the mystery of Christ and the church. You might want to write these things down. Christ had to leave his father to be born of the Virgin Mary. A man is commanded to leave his father and be joined to his wife. Christ had to set aside his earthly family and elevate a greater spiritual family when he said of his mother and his brethren, those that are my family are those that do the will of God. A man is to set aside his own family and elevate his own wife and children, meaning he's to cut off the intimate, close, necessary ties between his parents and form a new family with his wife. Christ loved more than words describe. A man's love for his wife and children is difficult to put in words. Listen to this. Eve was formed, behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Eve was formed by God supernaturally putting Adam into a coma, which is a near-death state, cutting open his side where he bled, removing materials from his bleeding side, and creating a woman. Watch this. The church 
was created when God took his only begotten son and put him to death on the cross and his side was opened up and the blood and the water flowed. The woman, the power of recreation, the power of copulation, of reproduction is the result of God's first son, Adam, being put down in a state like death, having his side cut open to create power to reproduce. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was made when his second son, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, hung on the cross, his side was opened, and out of it came the blood and the water of the church. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church, extra ecclesium nulla salus. The church was created while Christ was placed in a tomb for three days. We could speculate that Adam was asleep while Eve was being fashioned for three days. When Adam awoke from his great surgical sleep, the Bible tells us that Father God took Eve and walked her in front of him and presented her to Adam and said, Adam, your wife. The Bible tells us that when Christ arose from the dead, the Father had him sit down at his right hand and the Father presented to Jesus, behold, your church. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You were made to need other people. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's read verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus and will present us with you to him. Behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Christ arose from the dead, Father presented the church. Adam arose from surgery, Father presented Eve. It is a great mystery. The Bible speaks of other mysteries, but only one that is a great mystery. And this is the great mystery, that your need to produce supernatural everlasting fruit to present to God someday in heaven can only happen through the horizontal relationships God himself has ordained for you to have within this local church where he's called you to attend. God chooses your parents, you don't choose them, and God chooses the church where you attend, you don't choose them. The moment you begin to get selfish and cut yourself off is the moment you lose all grace to accomplish the will of God in your life. All of the church fathers pointed to Noah and they said, salvation for Noah and his family came from God. God, in his divine wisdom, spoke to the prophet Noah and handed him architectural plans on how to build a physical tool called an ark. The ark was not the salvation of Noah's family. 
The revelation of how to build one was the salvation of Noah's family. The church is not the one that saved your soul from hell, but it is constructed by the Lord Jesus, and without it, you will not survive the flood. No one outside the ark survived the judgment of God, and no one outside the living church of the Lord Jesus Christ can survive the judgment that is coming. And Jesus said, as it were in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Extra Ecclesium Nullus Salus. There is no salvation outside the church.